Welcome back to the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast with your host, John Fedro. Tune in weekly, plus listen to past episodes designed to make you money, save you time, and give you confidence as an active mobile home investor. Now, here's your host, John Fedro. All right, all right. Welcome back. This is podcast number 27, and I am so glad to have George Warhol on the... Nope, nope. I want to start that again. Too peppy, too peppy. <laughs> I felt like I was just yelling at people for like no reason. Okay. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Mobile Home Investing Lessons Podcast, episode number 27. Can you believe it already? Uh, I have uh, a very active, uh, hardworking, non-victim, super proactive mobile home investor on the co-host microphone with me today. Thank you, George, for being here. My, my pleasure, John. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. No, I am the one that should be thanking you and us for uh, uh, having you here as well. And thank you for being uh, available. I know that we're kind of scheduling this in like a weird time and I hope that this works for you. And I love today's topic. Um, it's not for newbies. Um, it's probably something to be fair that most investors won't have to deal with. Uh, I'm not really doing a good job at selling this episode, but it is more of like an advanced topic. It's if you are buying a mobile home inside of a park, the park manager is cool with you buying it and they're cool with you selling it, but they want you to sell it on cash. They don't let you to, they don't want you to sell it on payments. And in some markets, selling for cash is not realistic to have a profitable business, but selling on payments is typically what we, what, what we want to do. So in this uh, episode we're, we're talking about dealing with a park that does not want you to sell on payments uh, what do we do do we walk away do we still do the deal do we do something else that's what we're going to talk about on today's uh, episode and thank you so much George I know you're on vacation and you're still taking the time to do this uh, if you would kind of tell us a little bit about just how long you've been investing in mobile homes just so we have a little context so I've been investing in mobile homes for about, I want to say about a year and a half now, I believe, wow. somewhere around there. Um, Time flies. I've done six or six transactions, I want to say, okay. six very profitable transactions <laughs> since then. Well, let's talk about, if you would, kind of just a just like kind of overview. What was your one of your worst deals financially, and then what was one of your best deals financially? One of my worst deals was actually the most recent one because we had to hold on to it for a little longer. This is one where we put in, we put $6,000 down and then we held it for about five months or four months with a lot run of $535. So we ended up, and the down payment that we received was less than what we put down. And the way I like to go about it is every single down payment that I get covers my my down payment or my the covers the total purchase price that I put in and the amount of work that I did. This one didn't cover that. But I mean, so we were in the whole, we're down probably $1,000 right now, and then, but it, we're selling on payments for 28000 so still a very profitable transaction. Any other business would be an incredible, an incredible <laughs> investment. I just like to look at it. I'm just pretty hard on myself right. with these investments. So I want to get it perfect. <laughs> well, for those first handful of homes, you were getting, like, like you just said, when you were reselling the home for, for payments with your, with the down payment you were collecting, you were receiving 100% of your invested capital back day, day number one. I mean, that's obviously 
like setting the bar really high. So yeah, it kind of feels like, oh man, it's going to take me like six months to get my money back. That kind of sucks. <laughs> when really that's obviously yeah. a yeah, really good deal. That's the only house that I didn't. Yeah, exactly. That's the only house that I didn't get my everything covered on the down payment and more. You said that you paid six thousand down. Does that mean that you're still giving the seller payments, or you paid six grand for the home to total? No, I meant in total. Yeah, in okay. total for the home. Awesome. And then, okay, so that was your wow. If that was your worst deal, how how long did it did it did it take to sell? You you said it took a little while to sell. Uh, five months. Okay. Oh, so that is a long time. Okay. Well, now uh, if you would, yeah. uh, what was the? Did you not have anybody interested until that last minute, or until like five months, or were people getting denied, or what? What was the? What was happening, or was it on the market, or? Yeah, deny, deny, deny. The um the community is very strict with with their the way that they um go about it. I wasn't aware how strict they were. We had someone who was willing to put ten thousand dollars down the very first day we bought it, and we had about oh. I want to say about six cash offers denied by the community because wow. one being the the guy who um the guy who went to purchase it, he got arrested fifty years ago. He's seventies. He got arrested in his twenties, and he was denied. So a lot of a lot of crazy things that got people got denied for. Now looking back, and I think I know the answer. This park manager was just super strict and by the book, or this park manager was maliciously, you know, kicking out people that she didn't like, or you know, or like personally super strict and by the book. Okay, good, good. That's that's perfect. Or that's yeah. that's not perfect, but that's uh, at least we can under we can under under understand that. You know, we can ask the manager, what do you yeah. look for? You know, give me the X, Y, and Z of exactly what you want. You know, that way we don't have to waste anybody's time. Um, wow. Okay. So it took that long to sell. That's still, uh, that's obviously longer than we want. How, out of curiosity, your, your other properties, how long did they take to sell on, on average? Um, I want to say about, about two months on average. Okay. So you get somebody like, yeah, I mean, uh, I had three of them that were sold before they were even done. So, <laughs> you had people obviously walking through, and you were advertising it before before it was done. Yes. Good. Good. Uh, so that was your worst deal, which is which is <laughs> which is pretty darn good, except for five months to sell. What um, What was your best deal? If you can My remember, my best deal I was I purchased it for three thousand, all in for about. Fifty five hundred. Um, got a down payment for for eight thousand and sold it in total. The total price still getting payment for it was fifty two thousand. Oh, that's now I absolutely. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> that's it. So it was a pretty good one. <laughs> I love how you. So for the people listening, I mean, that's making my mouth drop. And I, I remember us doing this deal. And but that those aren't. You know, those are huge numbers and we're talking about them so like nonchalantly. Like, yeah, I bought it for this. I sold it for this. Do you remember what was that seller's situation of why they needed to leave? If you could sell it for 52, why did this seller, you know, sell it for 55 or, or even less? So, yeah, so what it came down to was my, I guess, just the way I went about the negotiations, everything, the things I learned from you. She originally said $45,000 she wanted to sell it to me for. Um I told her the highest that I go is about would be about twelve thousand or ten thousand, I think I said. And then she said, No, no thanks. But she lived in Florida. So she had someone that was going to purchase it from her. They ended up falling through and two months went by, she gave me a call back because it was just sitting, just collecting dust at that point. And then we went into the transaction, talked about it again, negotiated a bit. 
Um, I came at her with about 7,000, I believe, and then we took took a look at it, and I had someone come out to inspect it and whatnot. It was actually my father. He was doing a lot of work for me, and we got it down to 5,000, and then one of the pipes were broken or was leaking, so we got it down to 3,000. So I ended up purchasing for 3,000. And was uh, – now – First of all, congratulations getting that deal, talking with the seller. Now, clearly, and this is something I just want to point out because it sounds like, you know, you stole this from this from this seller. She is out of state mm-hmm. and, you know, just to kind of play uh, not devil's advocate, but to 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 make some sense of this. The seller would not have done this deal if it was not in her best interest. She had no intention of coming back or of selling this. She wanted to be out. I assume. I mean, she was happy doing the deal with you. She was glad to be rid of this property. Exactly. She didn't purchase the home. It was actually her mom's home originally. So she pretty much just wanted it off her hands at that point because it was a headache to her. And I talked to her. I let her know. I said, if this doesn't work for you, if these numbers don't work for you, just let me know and we'll continue to move on. And she she was just ready to get it off her hands. So that's why she she accepted it. Good. Good, because we're not beating people up. We're not putting a gun to anybody's head. We're giving people options, other ways they can sell. Some people take our suggestions. Some people are lazy, and they don't take our suggestions. And this woman, for one reason or another, she knows her situation better than anybody else. She agreed that working with you and getting it off her plate was was the right was the right thing to do. And you were at the right place at the right time, but you were just super proactive. I mean, these people would not have known you. The managers won't know you, you know, unless it's, unless it's you. I mean, you're the one doing all this, George. So my hat's off to you. Seriously, everything that you've accomplished up until this point and what you'll continue to do. Thank you. Yeah. And that's why like, like your programs teach it so well, just to be able to commute communicating with the, with the sellers, right? Not being too pushy, not trying to get one over on them, but just letting them know you're here to help. If they're, if they're willing to use you, then, then so be it. If not, then, continue to move forward and just having that open dialogue and just letting them know that you're here to help we absolutely are here to help and if we burn bridges or if we're rude or we we belittle people that's not keeping an open communication that's yeah that's the opposite of what we want to do we're not going to help people they're not going to call us back Um, we're not going to have good reputations either of these two homes are either of these two homes um, in the park, because the reason why we're talking, the reason why I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation and this topic today about working with parks that don't want you selling on payments is because you're dealing specifically with that right now. Um, are either of these two homes that we just talked about, are either of these in that park that doesn't want you to sell on, on payments? No, they're not. Okay. But you are working with a park that when we don't, we do not have to be specific. Just, I don't want, you know, we don't have to get throw names out there of the parks, but you are in a park. You have two properties in a park where the park likes you. Uh, Again, they know that you're an investor. They, you know, you bought, you bought the home, but when you sold it, they asked you to sell it for cash, but instead we sold it on payments. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so my question is, uh, how's that been? I, I do, I do want to get into sort of the methodology of, you know, uh, the marketing is a bit different. Selling is a bit different. If we have to take the home back, that's a bit different than what we would normally do. But I guess first and foremost, 
you know, how's it been like as an overall experience working in that park and kind of flying under the radar when you're selling? Will you do more? Are these the only two that you're going to do? Has it been simple or do you are you like keep, does it keep you up at night or what's your what's your thought there? Yeah, no, those are the only two I'm going to do. Um, originally, when I purchased the homes, I didn't know that they they weren't clear on that they wanted to only be sold for all cash. Um, so I, so in the marketing wise, we actually had these both sold before we were even done doing any of the work. We I just put it up on our Facebook page, and then there was people that were already interested <laughs> in in it, and I put one on uh, Facebook Messenger and. I didn't put many details into it yet. I just kind of put it up there and put like home for sale in this community and someone contacted me. So, and then he, he came over and he purchased it. So Did, the marketing, we didn't have to go too in depth on like, this is the price, this, 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 because they were sold before we were even done with the work. Did you advertise payments on those, on the Facebook uh, ad or did you just say like all cash or here's the price or? Yeah, I said all cash. Um, I didn't advertise payments on there. Okay. So then correct me if I'm wrong, but then you advertise cash. People call you up probably expecting to pay cash, but if they can't, obviously they want to make payments. You know, if they can't pay cash and, and, and they, and they, and they want the home, they're going to want to make you payments just naturally. Hey, I can't pay cash. How the heck can I own this home? Oh, can I make you payments? So if it's their idea to make you payments, then you can tell them, well, this particular park, I'd love to sell you on payments, but this particular park doesn't really allow that. So we're going to have to go kind of, you know, between me and you, we're going to have to keep this on the uh, down low. Is that sort of how the conversation actually went? How'd, how'd that go? Actually, I lied. I lied. So in the <laughs> payment, it said in the, in the ad, it says payment optional if approved. Oh, so that kind of let it open. Yes. So if approved by, because they were willing to, to have it um, approved by a mortgage company or them to get a mortgage on a home. They just didn't want me to, to hold the note to be the mortgage company. So they said if they're approved by a bank, that's fine. Um, the park so, yeah, says payment that. open if approved. Okay. The park Correct. says a bank can be okay, but we don't want you taking payments as the, we don't want any seller, seller, seller financing. Correct. Even if you transfer the title, even if you're a lien holder, we don't want payments from, you know, George, you can't, you can't sell on payments. Uh, I, I like on your Facebook ad, I that that's crucial to me. If you're selling for cash, but then at the bottom, there's one little line of hope that says, you know, possible payments for approved buyer. Because that, you know, people are going to click on the ad because they have some cash. And then they're going to see at the bottom, they're going to see, oh, hey, maybe, you know, and maybe I, I could be one of these approved buyers. Maybe I can buy this gorgeous home, which your homes are, be are beautiful, by the way. Um, cause you fix them up and I love how you and your dad work together. Um, the, uh, so when it's their idea, when it's like, when it's, when it's the, the buyer's idea and the buyer really wants the home and they understand exactly what's going on. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? How that, how that conversation went after once you're talking to the potential buyer, you know, how, how did that, how did you segue into the fact that you know, this is, we're going to have to keep this on the down low and we're not going to tell the park about payments. How did that conversation go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I let them know, I said, and I let them know like, it's not against the law. It's just the rules that they have. Um, if they're open to open to moving forward this way, then that's completely, then that's cool. If not, then we'll just move forward to someone else. But I let them know, I said, it's all cash. 
Um, you can pay all cash, or we can work out something where we do payments. We'll be the lien holder on the note um, and to, to get you in the home. And they were completely open to it because they obviously want to get in the home and they don't have all cash for it. So they were very, like, upfront. They were like, okay, we can do that. We can definitely um, just get to put on a lead holder and we'll tell them. We'll keep it on the, on the down low. So, I mean, it worked out well. It was a very easy conversation because they wanted the home very bad. That's a big – that's a – that one statement right there, they want the home really bad. That's the glue that will we're looking for proactive people. I know I know you know that, George, but for the folks listening, you know, we're not wanting to call buyers back. We call sellers back where we chase sellers. But buyers, we want some proactive buyers calling you back. George, what else can I get you? You know, what kind of paperwork? What how are everything? How is everything going? You know, any new updates? So, yeah, we want people that are proactively, you know, fighting for this home not really fighting but now we don't want the property back i mean we 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 usually don't want any of our homes back but these particularly we don't want them back because that would kind of have a control right because the park manager would see that and they'd be like well george what are you doing with this home again i thought you sold it already so we're going to talk about that in a minute but something that can really reduce getting a home back is getting 20 percent down payments or more with these two buyers out of curiosity and you don't have to go into specifics did you get a very substantial down payment so from one of them i got i'll get specific i got 6500 down the other one i got i believe uh it was six thousand down so yeah it was, it was a good amount okay. down good. and one of them the first one we didn't even complete we didn't even complete putting the rug down or anything yet and the guy really just wanted to move in so he did a lot of work to it as well and when they do the work to it you obviously know that they're pretty committed they are and they'll bond themselves to it and they'll put more time and effort and money into it uh, now they're paying typically i like to pay lot rents myself you know for the first few years to make sure the people inside i would just rather trust me than i trust them like i want to make sure that lot rent gets paid but for these folks because essentially you're you're sort of you know pretending to the park hey listen i'm out of the picture i'm assuming that these two tenant buyers are paying the park direct directly for the lot for the lot rent. yeah actually every single person who i'm uh who i'm working with is paying directly the first community that i was in i was starting to make the payments and they said they need the payment from them directly so moving forward from there on out i just have the the um the buyers make the payments Okay. Make sure you check every couple months just that, and it gives you a reason to call back the manager, let them know that you're there. You don't want to call back these managers or the, the, the one in the park that we're talking about, but every other park, it gives you a reason to call them up. Hey, I just wanted to double check that this home is, you know, current. We have the lien on it or, you know, they, sh- the park manager should obviously know who you are. Then you can ask them about any other homes for sale, anybody behind on payments. But definitely follow up with that. I don't want a couple months to go by. They're paying you, but they're not paying the park. It's stupid, but I've seen it happen. So, yeah. And it gives you a reason to call the park and let them know that you know you're still here, who you are, you have money, you want to you want to buy something else. Um, plus, they should know you by that by that point. Now, you sold the home. Does this park, the one that we're talking about, the one that is strict and only wants you to sell for cash? After you sell the home and you get these buyers in there, has the park requested that they see proof that indeed the home has sold? Yes. So they wanted the title and all of that. So we had the title brought to the community and then we were put on lien holders for the title afterwards. 
did you get a personal property or not a personal? Did you get a um, a power of attorney signed and, and and notarized on these two homes just in case uh, some issues happen? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Because yeah. perfect. So if ever so, if the folks that are listening, normally we would typically not if somebody owes us payments. At the minimum, we're transferring title, or not at the minimum, at the maximum, we're transferring title and becoming a lien holder. And that's the way to protect our interest as lien holder. Um, it sells the title and the new owner is the new owner, the buyer is the owner. But what this park wanted is for us not to be lien holder, which really puts us in a weird spot. So George, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you transferred title right away you know, we got all the other paperwork that we have. You got a power of attorney just in case something were to become an issue. But essentially, you transferred title immediately from you to the new buyer. You waited for that title to come in. You showed that title to the park manager saying, listen, here's the title. Or maybe you didn't show it, but the buyer showed it. And then after that point, then you put the lien on the title. Exactly. Okay, so you showed the manager first. The manager was, okay, hey, there's the title. There's no liens. Bada bing, bada boom, it's done. But then to protect your interest, and the seller was, not the seller, the buyer was okay with this because the buyer that you're working with is a reputable, honest person. They don't want to go under, you know, they don't want to undercut you. They don't want to piss you off. They don't want to steal the home. Some people would. Some people say, oh, it's my home and there's no lien. Okay, George, bye. I don't I don't I don't know who you are. But these people, just like me and you, you know, honest, fairly, you know, reputable, ethical. I just sort of want to make a point of that that we wouldn't let everybody do that. But you know these potential buyers or you know these tenant buyers, you've done your due diligence on them, you've pre-screened them thoroughly. So you trust them to some to some extent. Uh, yeah. And okay. before that I even had another form signed um discussing the situation everything just so we had that signed as a backup just in case anything did happen so we just want to have that backup so we had another form signed outlining the the process and the transaction that was going on good yes a meeting of the minds that you're perfect i mean the more that you can the more that you can stack that weight in your corner the more that the tenant buyer is like well you know hey listen george knows his stuff he's done this before i don't want to you know i'm not gonna do anything illegal um, versus if they think you're just like, well, that's the thing. We wouldn't want to deal with people that even would want to do that. Like we're trying to really protect ourselves. But when you're dealing with reputable people that, you know, they don't, they, they, they want to pay you off. They want to do it the right way. So you're gone. They don't want to deal with you anymore, but they want to do it the right, the right way. So I think we've been talking about this now for five minutes or so, but it obviously is important to when you're selling homes, make sure you're really selling to the right people. I mean, that's easier said than done, but, um, mm -hmm. but you did get the title. You did put a lien on it. You're, you're now in a safe position. They're paying you. Um, everything's good. They've been paying you on time. Every, everybody's happy. Yes. Everything's real good. Nice. Now question, this is kind of a pop quiz question. I don't know. I'm curious that what you're going to say. Um, if you get the homes back, what are you going to do? Like, what's the protocol going to kind of look like? Because you're kind of in a weird spot now where you get the home back and you're going to have to deal with the manager to some extent. You're going to have to pay lot rent. You're, you know, you're going to have to sell the home, which is going to make potential buyers reference you when they go into the park and talk about the home. So, yeah, what's your thought process there if you ever do get the home back? 
or if you ever have to take it back? Um, it's a good question. I put much thought into it because I really do not want it back. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm here. I mean, I'll probably end up okay. just going about, yeah, talking to the seller, letting the, the, the buyer, the current, current owner of the home, and just letting them know that we need to let the community know that I purchased the home from them yes. just to kind of make it seem that way. Like I purchased it from them instead of taking it back. Um, and then just moving forward with that and then looking to sell it for all cash for a lower price. That would be the objective because obviously it would bring up a red flag for the community <laughs> looking at it a bit more. So the objective would be to sell that for all cash at that point. But like I said, the, the first one, they purchased it and they did a lot of work to it. The second one, she put a whole new, um, system in it like so there's a lot of things that were done in these two homes so i feel like these buyers are pretty pretty committed to the homes but the way that you've been pre-screening and and testing people i mean i have no doubt that these people are committed bad things do happen to good people and people or good things they get promoted they get a better job they have to leave you know they're but for whatever reason they could default or they could back out you are spot on and i believe we talked about this with regards to taking the home back the park manager doesn't have a problem with you investing as long as you just sell for cash. So it's not unreasonable to think that the seller, obviously they know you, or not the seller, but the you know the person that bought it from you, they, um, they know who you are. They've obviously dealt with you because they bought the home from you. So they call you back and they say, George, I got this you know, situation going on. I need to sell the home. What can you give me for it? So yeah, it makes total sense that, you know, you would buy the home right back. So that is definitely the attitude that we would take. And then when you resell it, I do agree with you. We probably would just want to sell it for cash. Maybe you could fly under the radar again, depending, but selling it for cash wouldn't be out of the question either, especially by then you've got all your money back. You've made, you know, substantial profit and you can decide to do what you want. But I mean, and I mean, ideally, the, the go to thing would be to let them know that it's, it's their responsibility to sell the home and get me the payments at that point. So, I mean, that may be the first thing that I go with just so I don't have to do any of the work saying, OK, you own the home, your, your name's on it. You owe me this, this amount of mo- this amount of money is owed. So you would have to get it sold or just continue to make payments sell to someone else. So that would be the first stance that I go with I- is pushing them to get the home sold on their own. I'm really glad that you brought that up because because it makes perfect sense. But from being in this business and having the experience over the time that I have, maybe one out of 10 do that or try to do that. But nine out of 10 are going to, they have bigger problems and they're just going to walk away from the home. Maybe they'll give you a grand just to kind of buy themselves out. You know, because they don't want you going after them for any judgments or any amount that they still owe you. So maybe they pay you some money to like back out of the deal. But yeah, what you said would obviously be ideal. If they could handle it and you don't have to do anything, oh yeah, that'd be the best. But it's probably not. Yeah, it'd be interesting figuring that out too because their name is on the title and everything. So it is their responsibility at this point. So, I mean, it would be interesting seeing how, how it would how it would go about. I mean, hopefully I never figure out how it would be, but well, actually I'm glad that we're talking about that because if you just wanted to wipe your hands of it, you know, if you just wanted to say, you know, listen, I don't want this back. I've made my money. I've made enough profit to where, you know, I don't want to take this property back. You could, you're right. You could just wipe your hands of it and it would go back to the park or it would default. They would give it to the park. You could sign off on your lien. Um, 
and it wouldn't be an issue. So you're right. You don't have any, you're, you're out of the picture. You're not on the lease any longer. So yeah, if you wanted to, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about that because I wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be what I would think to do. But if you wanted just to walk away, you could. But hopefully that will not happen, obviously. You have good people in there. Exactly. You did put a lot of time and energy into getting these people in and pre-screening them and getting a fairly good bit down. Um, plus, they've done work to the home, which says volumes, the fact that they're willing to put in that effort. Um, this has been great. Uh, this has been, again, for the folks listening, this probably won't happen. I can think of... I want to say like a half dozen, but I don't even know if it's that many times where there's been parks that say, you know, yes, we like you as a person and we like you as an investor, but we, when you sell, you have to sell for cash. It usually doesn't do that. They'll either usually like you or not like you as an investor. And if they like you as an investor, they don't have an issue with you selling the home, putting a lien or doing something else. Some parks allow renting. So it's just, it's very few occasions that you would run into a park in my experience where they would do something like this. Um, but, but anyway, but it does, it does happen. And then we just have to make a decision. Uh, you know, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the deal worth the risk that we're, you know, that, that we're exposing ourselves to. And I love what you said where it's not illegal. It's just sort of the park policy. And I really, it's interesting because I really took this stance when I was doing it. It was, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a quote, don't break the, break the rules, but don't break the law. And taking it from that perspective and looking at it, what my mission is, is to, to help families move into homes, help families move into homes that they can afford. And really looking at it from that light, like, is what I'm doing, is it wrong or is it right? And you can take both both sides of it. But I felt it was really right what I was doing because I'm helping these families move into these homes. I'm helping these families have these homes that they that they desire to have, making payments on it. Yes, it's maybe against the rules, but in the end, it's benefiting people in such a greater way than it's hurting anyone or taking away from anyone. So just really taking that perspective of it and looking at it that way, I was like, wow, so I should be doing it like this. I should be doing this. I possibly should purchase more homes in there and do this. <laughs> But, I mean, that's kind of going over the radar. But it's really just benefiting people in the greatest way. It's not really hurting or taking away from anyone at all. So that's really how I look at pretty much everything that I do. You want to help people. You want to be ethical. You want to be very transparent. Um, and you have been. So I, I completely – I back that. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. And to be fair, you're probably not the only person doing that. You're probably – you know, there's probably other sellers that are selling their homes – with payments and just doing it under the radar. Maybe they're not protecting themselves as much as they should be. I think the park has a couple hundred units, right? I think about a thousand actually. So yeah, if they have a thousand units, clearly those managers have their hands full, first of all. And then secondly, there's gotta be sellers in there, just regular mom and pops that are selling their home on, on payments. So you're not the only mm -hmm. one, but uh, anyway, I'm glad that we had this talk. This was a great, you sort of like uh, just interesting kind of if then scenario. Uh, a lot of people won't experience it. Some people will. Um, but thank you so much, George, for just coming on the mic and, and um, letting us know sort of just what's been going on. And, and really just from the beginning, I just want to say you've been for, for, for who you are and, and the fact that you had no mobile home experience coming into this and you stepped up and you did exactly what was asked of you and you weren't a victim and you didn't make excuses and you, and you, you're, you, you get results. And anyway, it's just, it says a ton about you. A lot of people can just be talk and that is not you. 
Um, in fact, I know, I believe that you have um, a website, you care about people, you want people to, to succeed just like you do. How can people get a hold of you? How can people learn more about you and, um, yeah, learn, learn, learn more? Yeah, so the main thing that I do um, is helping people just reprogram their mind for success, right? Getting clear on what it is that they're after, what it is they desire to have, and actually take the action steps to make it happen. Because there's plenty of people that, that know what they should be doing that don't do it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, what I do is I do a lot of accountability groups and stuff and accelerator oh. groups to help people rewire their mind and get there. My website is georgewohar.club slash freedom. W-O-H-A-R? Yes, dot club. club. Any advice that you'd give to uh, newer folks or folks, uh, yeah, any advice that you maybe give to yourself like a year, a year and a half ago or? I mean, pretty much what I did, just stay focused and get committed and stay focused because anyone can get into the business, get started on it. But the way you succeed is by staying focused, by staying committed, Hmm. being persistent and going at it. Because there were many times where I was like, oh, I went to this community, I drove to this community, there's, there's, there's no homes for sale, there's nothing out of it. But as long as you stay persistent, you will succeed, and that is the bottom line. The only way you won't succeed is if you stop. So it's so, so amazing to get into get into this business because, again, just the persistency, and it will lead to the results that you're after. Easier said than done. I mean, really, a lot of people talk, but, yeah, doing it and doing it again and doing it again and doing it again. Whew, I get the chills right now just thinking that because that's there's not – I mean, this kind of a small group, it's kind of a small, like the action takers, the real estate investor action takers, it's a big country, but it's a small kind of group of people like there's, um, and you've definitely risen to that. And I love that you're helping people in the accountability that I love when you say that people know what they should be doing, but they're not doing it. George, thank you for being here. My phone's always on, you know that and enjoy the rest of your trip. I know that (laughs) people don't know what we're talking about, but you're on a little bit on a vacation right now. So enjoy the rest of your trip and yeah, anything you need big or small, I'm here. Thank you, John. I appreciate it, man. The ideas and advice given in today's episode are for entertainment purposes only. If you have future ideas or questions for upcoming episodes, please email us at support at mobilehomeinvesting.net. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, the biggest compliment you can give is to like and share this podcast with your friends. 